Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Uh, we got to sit outside for lunch. It wasn't 95 degrees. It was beautiful. Chipotle. I'm dragging a little bit, though. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. I had carbs. You didn't. You had some. Oh, I think every, what did I have that was a carb? Every, chips. Oh, I had some chips. Your chips. Yeah, You're like, corn. I'm eating healthy. <laughs> it's like chip, half chip, 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 chip. Oh, slippery slope. Hurt. It was a slippery slope. Chipotle. Careful you who you hang it. out with. Um, all right, housekeeping odds and ends. Check us out on the Insta, DIY.money, the tribe, rocking inside Facebook. Just Google or Facebook search, whatever, DIY tribe. And uh, I don't know. What else? That's it. Silence, crickets. Yeah, just go everywhere. Insta, YouTube, website, tribe. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Oh, we were recently ranked as like one of the that top was two awesome. 2021. Top, top 10. Top 10 finance podcast to listen to in 2021 I'm by like, Lifehacker. And I went to their blog or Holler. their site. It was pretty good. I was I had not been familiar with Lifehacker. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Really? Yeah. Sorry. But I thought it was good. I've read um, some Lifehacker articles. And we were, I mean, that's a good company we were in there. Some oh, people yeah. that I recognize. Like, there were some big names on that list. Yeah. Like DIY Money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go right into a good question because this is uh, hotly debated and we'll give our two cents. The caller is again... I think it's Carrie. Carrie? You sure? Carrie, Carolyn. Oh, boy. It starts with a C. All right. It starts with a C. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, guys. My name is Caroline. I'm 23 years old. And after listening to your podcast for a couple weeks now, I'm inspired to start knocking out the crazy amount of student debt I've acquired with my husband. We're about 85 grand in debt at a 5% interest rate after consolidation. My question is, should we get out of debt before buying a house? We hate seeing our rent money disappear each month, but we'd also hate to be further in debt than we need to be. Thanks, guys. When is it Carolyn and when is it Caroline? I don't know. When the person who says it says it's Caroline. Caroline. Okay, here's the deal. This is very simple, and I'll kick it over to Daniel. We've got an article on our site, DIYMoney.org. It's probably a little bit outdated. It could be revised, but since the numbers correlate with each other, then it just means the numbers are going to be bigger, but the math is probably going to be the same. And it is a real hard look into the difference between renting and owning. And the reason I say that is because the idea of, quote, throwing money away in rent is wrong. It's just incorrect. I know people will emphatically disagree with me, but I ran the math. I, and I'm now here's the deal. I am a homeowner, but there isn't a day that goes by, maybe a week. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't go, oh my goodness, owning a home is so costly. At least I would say nobody factors in one to two percent mm-hmm. annual maintenance for the price of your home. You might say, I have four hundred thousand dollar home. No way am I going to spend eight thousand dollars in in uh, maintenance. Oh, really? Oh, really? You go get one or two things done per year, HVAC, 
you know, oh, you want this house sprayed for mosquitoes. Oh, you want to put some outdoor lighting in. You want your gutters cleaned. Or oh, just boom. every time you go to Lowe's. Boom. Your living room looks amazing. You painted. I did. I only use Faro and Ball. It's $110 a gallon. What? <laughs> exactly. Oh, for because of what? You had to do something on your home. Buying a lawnmower, oh, all those things. I mean, it's huge. So the idea of this throwing money away, I think you have to eliminate from your vocabulary. That's number one. Number two, you cannot, you cannot sort of decide with your husband we are ready. What was the word she used? I think it was great. She used a word that we use all the time. We are ready to start. I'm inspired to start knocking out the crazy amount of student debt. Knocking out. There it is. Okay. She said, we're ready to knock out this debt. Great. That is a singular mission. Singular focus. We are ready to knock out this debt. So do just that. You are paying over $4,000 a year in interest. $4,000 a year in interest. Now, obviously, that amount will go down as your principal balance goes down. But my guess is if you're paying $4,000 a year in interest on $80,000-plus in loans and your monthly payment is probably affordable, you are not knocking down principal all that quickly unless you're paying thousands of dollars a month as your minimum payment, which you're not. So if you only do the minimum, you are going to be in these loans for a very, very long time. So in my personal opinion, number one, solely focused, knock out the debt. Number two, number two, keep your eyes open. And if something comes along that is just absolutely a shocker of a deal and you've got the money and you've got this and you've got, then maybe pull the trigger or reevaluate at that time. But in this environment, actively looking and beating yourself up for should we buy, should we this, should we that. I am telling you, and I just did an interview with Franco the Beast. He's part of the Facebook tribe, and his real name is not that, but but he's he, I'm but he's I'd Franco be worried about to his me. He's Franco the Beast for me because because he is on path to be out of debt at 29 and came here at age 16 with a hundred dollars in his pocket and didn't even speak English. Now, yes, somebody could say, well, he should invest that money and not pay down that debt and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to tell you, mathematically, maybe they end up being correct. But I'll tell you right now, this young man, he has a singular focus, and it is to be debt-free. And when he becomes debt-free and he has that excess capital, oh, my goodness, watch out. Watch out, America, because Franco the Beast is coming. He's coming. And so the... More things you can do when you're out of debt. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I'm all over the place. Go ahead. You're, yeah. You bring us back together. Well, no. I mean, it's all good. Uh, like a lot of things uh, in terms of finances and financial planning, it really depends a lot on the situation. So I don't know where you live. Therefore, I don't know what the rent to home values are. Um, though, if it's like most of America in this year, 2021, um, you're probably spending less on rental than you would all in on housing prices right now if you go in somewhere how does someone calculate that so so I, we've talked about that a lot but yeah. but what is that calculation for them all in right now sure rent so versus look buying. at the look at the what you're renting right now look at buying the exact same thing so same square foot i mean you could just assuming they're renting a house and not an apartment. yeah so like for us we're renting a house we i mean periodically the same exact floor plan pops up in the neighborhood and we can run the numbers on that 
we run the numbers on that, we go, okay, for the mortgage interest and insurance, it is within a couple bucks, basically, of what we're paying in rent. But then add in any maintenance, you know, maintenance fixing it up, stuff that we would want to do, things like that. We're actually uh, we're paying a little bit less, but we have the inconvenience of we can't paint the walls as easy or renovate or do whatever we want. But devil's advocate, somebody mm-hmm. would say, yeah, but you're throwing that money away, and if you owned it, you're building equity. You yeah, I mean but, over the long run, somewhat. But they're not. Here's what they're not yeah. doing: they're not taking that difference in mm-hmm. the amount on the wall painting and the maintenance yeah. and stuff, and investing it. They forget that. See, that's the thing. You are actually not only just factoring that in as well, but you are actually doing that. Mm-hmm. So even though you're not quote building up equity in your house, you're actually building up equity in an account. Yeah, we're building it elsewhere. You're building it elsewhere. And it's liquid. That's the missing variable, I Mm -hmm. think, that people don't understand. So, Caroline, what what Daniel's saying is, let's say you do rent a house. I'm going to say exactly what he just said, but it makes me feel better when I emphasize things a little bit more. Go for it. So, you're you're spending $1,400, let's say, a month in rent. And the same exact floor plan comes available, and it's three hundred grand or blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. So first of all, right there, you've got to factor in that you're going to take 20% of your capital and put it down. So sixty yep. grand gone, which is gone the growth and compounding on that. But let's not even factor that in. Let's not even bring that into the equation. Let's just say that you now do a uh, mortgage uh, for the two forty, the remaining balance, and it ends up being $1,400. Mm-hmm. So net to net... You're saying that's about the same. With the taxes and insurance. Exactly. Yeah. All built in, escrowed or not, doesn't matter. Sure. Now, that's where most people, Caroline, not, not, not pointing you to, but I'm going back to you, Caroline, because you have to understand this. But this is where most people in America stop. And they go, right now, they go, well, $1,400 rent is gone. But $1,400 over here at least is paying down a principal balance. Mm-hmm. The problem is is let's take the same math that we said, $300,000 house, and let's only use a 1% per year. 1% per year for all of the ancillary things that you need to do, not only to keep a home in shape, mm-hmm. lawn care, uh, fertilizer, whatever, products to fix this, blah, 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 but also the maintenance of my HVAC, my septic tank, my heating, blah, 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 all those other things. So let's just call it three grand a year. The question is, are you building three – if you don't spend that on your primary home and you invest that, are you actually building that much equity per year in your house? And that's what you have to run, which most people do not do. Mm -hmm. You have to actually run the numbers. And I'm here to tell you, the numbers aren't all that great, especially buying in an inflated market. But there are times and places – when rents are significantly higher than home prices, in which case it pays to buy. There's also, I think, situations where maybe you're renting something, but you would be willing to, for a season, trade down significantly in what you buy. Now, behavior psychology says that what you buy will always be significantly nicer than what you rent. There's been multiple studies on this. I can't quote them, but I've seen quite a few in the financial planning journals that basically says when somebody goes and buys a home, they don't buy exactly what they rent. They usually add on a couple hundred square feet and some bells and whistles and some nice appliances and all that, and it basically raises the price pretty significantly. And from our personal experience in home shopping, I can say that's pretty much what we would do too. So it seems like uh, both uh, quantitatively and qualitatively – that seems to be correct. But no. if you could trade down, like if you're in a three-bedroom house, did they say they have kids? 
Uh, no. No. So if you're like in a three bedroom house in the suburbs and you're like, hey, I don't, we wouldn't mind trading, you know, buying some like shack and we'd be willing to fix it up and then maybe someday, like that's where the situational might yes. change. But primarily, if you're just looking apples to apples, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Now, here's the deal. I, I don't want to be, this is not a show on advocating necessarily renting over buying. No, because one of us owns and one of us rents. That's right. And the question was, do we forego paying off this? student loan debt to try to buy a house. I thought it was just, should we buy a house while we still have debt? While we still have debt, yeah. Not like, should we forego trying to pay it off to buy a house? Yeah, I don't know. My assumption is is that those resources have to go somewhere. They're either going to aggressively pay down debt or they're going mm. to Well, save we're assuming for... there's a 20% down payment somewhere, but right. maybe they're going 0% up, which I would say if you're going that route- No way. Don't, because then you've not financially prepared to right. take on a mortgage and a house and- Things like that. And you could think or say that you're going to be there a very long time, but uh, having lived through the Vegas housing crisis, which I know is totally different, seeing people who got upside down on mortgages for like years uh, is pretty depressing. One of the things that I try to do in the tribe is I try to pinpoint the qualitative into the quantitative. And what I mean by that is, Caroline, I want to know, I want you to know when you are scheduled to pay off your student loan debt if you didn't buy a house. So exactly. You should be able to calculate that. You have your margin. You know how much you're putting towards that, et cetera. Okay. So if you don't buy a house, this is when you're scheduled to pay off your student loan debt. And that's the best you can do, so you're comfortable with that. Okay. If you either have a down payment or don't, but forego that, and you ultimately buy a home, now you have home mortgage, you have additional expenses, what is the date at which you now will pay off your student loan debt? And the reason I'm saying that is because when you when you actually quantify those time periods or amounts or goals or objectives, then often that will help you to make a decision. So we live in this qualitative world. I say this to people again, what's your goal? Oh, I want to be wealthy and, and be free. How much? This I read uh, Tim Ferriss's forty-hour work week a long time ago. Four-hour work week, whatever it was. Four-hour four work standard. week, yeah. <laughs> four-hour work week, and I think this is where I heard it. I don't remember, but I, it's coming to me. So he said something like, "People are like, oh, I want to drive a Lamborghini," and he's like, "Well, how much does that cost?" Not like, "Oh, yeah, my goal is I'm going to put a Lamborghini on my vision board and I'm going to stare at it and it's going to show up in my driveway." Like literally, how much do you need to make for that payment? And can you do it and, and sort of quantify exactly these numbers, these goals, et cetera? And a lot of times when you do that, whether it's paying off debt or achieving a goal, your answer will be right there before you. Are you okay with that or are you not? So, Caroline, I challenge you to do that as well while you're trying to make this decision is actually quantify these dates. I think it will help you. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot of times. Uh, figure out what your goal is, what you're willing to really work towards for your goal, and then get after it. But you have to really define what is your goal. Don't let society or mm. situations define your goal for yeah, you. Yeah, you're getting deep now. I could totally agree with that. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, we're hitting that 15-minute mark. Listen, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a good one.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.